You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Judd with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. We used to play this all the time on our show. We should mix this. We should mix the NFL oh, Network uh, bells we, in again. Here. We did used to play this constantly. Mackie and Jeb with Rami, Score North, and the Score North app. And this is the gateway this week <laughs> to the NFL's free agency period, to the draft. This is it. We only got like three weeks off between the Super Bowl and the gateway. And Tom Pelissero is a peddler of the gateway drug, which is NFL news and speculation. It's always credible with Tom, unlike when we speculate. From NFL Network, and uh, you're down in Indianapolis right now, correct, sir? I'm staring out the window at the Cowboys bus parked outside of a uh, downtown Indianapolis hotel. Love Wouldn't it. be the combine without that. Love it. I so, love that bus, man. That's the great bus. It's been here for, I mean, years. Yes. Every, every time. Always in the exact same location which I've always wondered whether or not it's legal for it to be there because it's the only bus I've ever seen parked on a street. But I think uh, when, you're, when you're Jerry Jones, you can kind of make up your own rules. Do whatever you want. So technically, well, we're not supposed to know a whole lot about where players might wind up in negotiations until March 16th, which is when the tampering period opens up legally. But I think everybody kind of knows that this is where the entire football world congregates right now throughout the rest of the week. So with all of these quarterbacks on the free agent market, and even non-free agent quarterbacks maybe on the move, how much clarity do you think we might start to have in a week, week and a half from right now, Tom Pelissero? Well, we've already had one development that has kind of slowed some things down, which is because of the hang-up in the collective bargaining uh, talks and specifically the uh, players' refusal so far, uh, the board of representatives, to vote on the proposed CBA that the owners approved last week. We've already backed up the uh, franchise and transition tag deadline by a couple of days, and that's that's going to dictate a lot. You have several teams between the Bucks, the Cowboys, the Titans, who all have multiple candidates for tags. If you are in the final league year, which the NFL would be, if they don't agree to a new CBA, you can use both tags. Any other year, you can only use one of them. So that's a, a pretty impactful uh, thing in itself. Uh, you know, we're really waiting for clarity on the CBA. That's also hanging up uh, trade negotiation, or excuse me, uh, uh, contract negotiations. I spoke with one GM earlier today who was talking about, you know, how that impacts you because of all these various rules that go with the final league year, the fact that you can't uh, have a big difference between the signing bonus and the base salary, and so you're going to end up with guys have much higher cap numbers if you're in a final league year. There's a lot of dominoes here uh, that are related to the CBA getting done. There's a meeting tomorrow between NFLPA leadership and uh, some of the members of the NFL Management Council Executive Committee, after which the Board of Representatives says that they are going to uh, take a vote either tomorrow night or Wednesday morning. And then, you know, after that would be the vote of the full membership of players, which 
uh, if it gets that far, would seem like it's uh, it's definitely going to get done. Is the seventeenth game the major hangup right now for the Players Association? For the vocal opponents, yes. At a very base level, seventeen games is what um, they have fought back against. Uh, that they voice that again when. You know, the executive committee itself, which negotiated the deal on behalf of the NFLPA, voted six to five not to recommend it to the board. I mean, that's unprecedented, um, based on everybody that I've spoken to. Uh, you know, and then even if you accept, even if you're willing to at least have your ears open on 17 games, the question becomes, did you get enough? Uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, the calculations which have been out there, uh, the, they would gain an extra percentage point of revenue in the, you know, first year, as long as there are 16 games, then whenever the lever were pulled to push it to 17 games, they get at least 1.5 percentage points more. So you're talking about, you know, just right there, assuming the TV deals come in as expected, not higher than expected, it's a $5 billion swing in the favor of the players. And that, you know, comes along with, uh, you know, higher minimum salaries, a higher performance-based pay pool. They're going to back off some of the regulations or some of the, uh, you know, the contact in training camp, the amount of times guys can be in the building. There's, you know, a lot of things that have, uh, you know, concessions that have been made on behalf of the league. But the players that are opposed, again, you know, they'd like to see better things in terms of health care. They'd like some different rules in terms of how you'd pay that 17th game for guys that uh, had negotiated their contracts based on only a 16-game schedule. Uh, there's a lot of different things, but really, you know, the, the main part of tomorrow's meeting is this will be the first time a lot of these player leaders have even been in the same room with the owners since last July, you know, because they were busy playing football. They were aware. They were kept up to date on the negotiations. And you're talking about a voluminous uh, document here, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pages. Uh, they know what's in there, but, you know, it got to a point where uh, a lot of those player leaders, or at least, a, you know, a faction of them uh, that so far has kind of uh, slowed down this process, uh, were not pleased with where they're at. And so this is an opportunity to have open discussions about player safety and voice uh, concerns about certain aspects of the deal. Tom, all those things being said, do you think this gets done or do you think this turns into a uh, arduous negotiation that actually goes up to the last second? We'll know in, in the next 48 hours. We'll have a good idea what direction it goes because the board, it's an up or down vote. Uh, if they get two-thirds, then that would be recommended. Uh, some of the labor attorneys now have gotten involved to clarify that if half the board, just a simple majority, uh, votes in favor, then it would be pushed along to the full membership of players. I mean, if that happens, it, it's highly unlikely, from my understanding, that the full membership uh, would not vote in favor of the deal. And then you would have 10 years of labor peace right now. Uh, you know, conversely, if they vote it down, then, I mean, if you take the NFL at their word, we're talking about you know being right back here in 2021 except in that case it wouldn't be a year until a potential work stoppage would be a matter of weeks while we're standing here at the combine and you know there's a vested reason for everybody to not want it to get to that point but obviously uh, some of those players uh, led by Richard Sherman and Russell Okung that have been pushing back are willing to take that chance and and try to get more and uh, you know fairer fair in their opinion deal Tom Pelissero's NFL insights here on Mackie and Judd with Rami so Everson Griffin is now a free agent officially, officially. From what you hear around the league and from the people you talk to, what is the perception of him as a player right now at age 32, I believe going to be 33? 
Well, we knew that he was going to be a free agent in, I think it was mid-November in the Cowboys game when he got that sixth sack. I mean, that was the that was the entire reason that he agreed to take a pay cut last offseason was for uh, the right to trim those years off his deal with very low uh, performance and playtime based incentives. So, you know, this is not like a, a surprise at all to the Vikings. It was literally a matter of sending the email to confirm that he was exercising the right that everyone knew that he was going to. In terms of him as a player, uh, and I've had, you know, people within the league call me just because they know him around the Vikings a lot asking about him. You know, the, the questions are the things that happened in 2018 um, with, you know, him facing a very serious mental health issue, having to take some time away from the team. That is not something new. That is something that he's dealt with through uh, his entire adult life. There have been other issues that they've had to deal with through the through the years. Uh, he was a lot better, though, from, you know, everybody that I, I spoke to. Uh, certainly last year, he looked more like himself on the field. He was more like himself off the field, uh, it's just, you know, yeah, what level of commitment are you going to make to him? Because he's also, you know, a player who he's, he's not on the uh, the ascent at this point. I'm not saying he's declining, but he's, you know, a guy who, based upon, you know, going into, I believe it'll be his 11th year in the NFL, nobody's getting better at that point. So how long can he, uh, you know, sustain the level of play that he's at right now? That's Those are all questions that you have to ask. I would I would expect, though, that he – he should have a strong market simply because there aren't enough pass rushers out there, and he's shown for a long time that uh, he's able to be uh, one of the better ones in the league. Do we know where any discussions are on a Mike Zimmer contract extension? It was around this time last year he got the extra year, so he didn't go into a lame duck contract year. Is that all they're talking about doing this year, or could there be multiple years added to his contract? Well, last year was a it was an option that was not publicly available because Zim uh, keeps a pretty tight lid on his uh his contract situation. I would expect, though, that, yeah, I mean, there's, there have to be discussions that are going to go on. I know that Zimmer, as well as Rick Spielman, are going to address the media, I believe it is, tomorrow, uh, along with a lot of other GMs and coaches around the league. So you would expect that there's going to be, you know, at least a hint. And certainly Zim's not going to walk up to the podium and break down the negotiations for you, but you make a little better sense of it. What I do know about Mike Zimmer, and he has said this himself in the past, is he is not afraid to uh, you know, to coach out his deal, he feels like he's a you know a very good coach. Uh, if he if it didn't work out in Minnesota, then he would uh, be willing to go someplace else and pick it up there too. You also know that you know Zimmer likes Minnesota. He spent a long time building the program the way that he wants to, getting the roster uh, the way that he wants it. He's not you know eager to be out the door either. He's just he's confident in his abilities, and uh, it'll be an interesting negotiation just based on where he's at in his career. Vikings are coming off of a good season. I mean, they started out 10-4. They won in playoff game. Um, they got to do some work on the roster here. But, you know, the Wilfs long have believed they have one of the better coaches uh, in the league. You know, and you, and you look out there at the potential candidate and say, who are you going to get that's better than Mike Zimmer? Um, there's, there's not a lot of names that are available to come up. Combine drama, Tommy. Does Joe Burrow want to play for the Bengals? I thought you were going to ask about his hand size. That's all anybody talked about. Oh, really? Uh, oh, I love the hand size. Tell me more. Smallest hands of all Tell me more. I love the hand size thing. By the way, he tweeted he out that he came in. Sorry, go ahead, Tom. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, the, the tweet was uh, that was pretty good, So showing some uh, sense of humor about it. But you know, I should have known. Here, here's the thing. So every year when I do my pre-combine uh, quarterback breakdown, you know, I, I ask all the scouts just like, what are the different questions you have about these guys? And some of them will be, you know, on the field things. Some will be off the field. Some will involve, you know, what a guy weighs when he comes in, or it'll be the medical report. Uh, and every now and then, uh, something comes up with uh, hand size. 
You know, basically you always want, you know, historically NFL teams have wanted guys that at least a nine and a quarter inch hand just because of gripping the football, you know, potential fumbling issues, cold weather, all those types of things. So there have been a couple of times in recent years where I have, I want to say inadvertently because I kind of intended, but they caused a bit of a stir by putting something out. One year was people speculating on Jared Goff's hands, and he came in right at nine inches. Uh, last year was Kyler Murray, who actually ended up, even though he's a, a smaller guy, he ended up having a nine-and-a-half-inch hand. Nobody this year brought up Joe Burrow's hand size. Now, I had a couple of scouts bring up the fact that he's not the biggest guy, even though he's he measured at six-three-and-a-half today. And he was down uh, around 210 pounds last season uh, to the scouts who watched him. He was only listed at 216. That would be on the lighter side. You know, he's smaller, built through the lower body. That raises some flags. Nobody brought up the hand size thing. So today I'm on TV, and I'm, this year, for whatever reason, there was nobody, no media members were in the room or, you know, live tweeting it. So I asked, you know, somebody that I know who was going to be in the room, like, hey, can you text me Burroughs measurements? So I initially tweet out the height and weight. And, you know, six three and a half and two twenty one and you know two twenty one. That's a good weight for him. Let's say you put a little bit on. That was something that you know, teams would want to see. Every single response that I got was, "What about his hand size? Where's the hand size? We got to know the hand size." So I text back the source through. I'm like, "Yeah, everybody's just fine about hand size." And he goes nine, which of course immediately to me I go, "Oh boy, here we go." So I, I you know retweet one of the people who was asking to say by popular demand, Joe Burrow has nine inch hands. That then explodes for the rest of the day to talk about Joe Burrow's hand size, which is, you know, his arm strength was something that was a legitimate question coming into this process. It doesn't sound like, uh, you know, people do not expect that he is going to, uh, you know, actually get out on the field and throw. They, they, he has not actually said that himself, but uh, NFL scouts would not be surprised if he decides to sit it out. He doesn't have the biggest arm. It's average. It's adequate. He's an accurate passer. Uh, but the hands were the, were the surprise. So, you know, then you compare that to some of the uh, the meat hooks on uh, Jordan Love and Tua Tungavailoa has. You know, for a six foot tall guy, he's got ten inch uh, ten inch hand. Uh, it's I, I'm never going to say anything is nonsense because what you have to understand with the NFL scouting community is it's all about comparisons and you're looking for you know what plays in the league. If guys have historically been over a certain threshold to be good NFL players, then you're you know you're looking for that. You're looking for traits. That's that's what scouts do. Then you look back, Goff went number one with a nine-inch hand. Baker Mayfield went number one with a nine-and-a-quarter-inch hand. Kyler went number one with a nine-and-a-half-inch hand. I, I don't think that the, the nine-inch hands are going to be uh, the end of Joe Burrow. Let's just call that a small piece of a very big evaluation on the uh, favorite to be the number one pick. You're like nine-inch nails just barely missed the perfect band name. How could they have foreseen it, though? They couldn't have. <laughs> That's Tom Pelissero from NFL Network down in Indianapolis. Dante 9.5, by the way. And that dude fumbled all the time. So Joe Burrow is a huge concern right now. He's a risk. Third rounder. Yeah, his tweet, by the way, uh, Joey Burrow, considering retirement after I was informed that the football will be slipping out of my tiny hands, please keep me in your thoughts. Yep, so you can once again stick that on me. I have started another Way to go, uh, Tom. controversy. Always starting it off, all right, Tom. Enjoy your combine week. We'll talk again soon. Sounds good, guys. Bye. That's Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights. And by the way, speaking of Dante Culpepper's tiny hands, Judd Zolgad, myself, Phil Mackey, and Tom <laughs> Pelissero did a full <laughs> deep dive Minnesota yeah. re- Minnesota Sports yeah. Rewind into Dante Culpepper and Randy Moss's 2004 season roller coaster. Did you ride. see this? 
We just got an email from a listener who is livid at Mackie. Uh, I did see that. Should we read that? Oh, most definitely. Oh, you yeah. got it from you guys. Yeah. <clears throat> Dennis. Well, just to set this up, Randy in Cottage Grove called in an hour ago to do his, like his fifth annual mock draft on our show. <laughs> it was going to be his fifth it's annual stop mock draft four. on yeah. the show. And uh, he said that he was going to do it last week, but he had a health setback. And he had to go see his physician. And, and then Mackie had to go him. digging into things he has no business digging into. Dennis agrees with you. Listen, some people, he, Randy made it sound like, oh, like my heart is. I want to know how you chest. got this information. Uh, people on Twitter know things. Okay. Was HIPAA violated? It was, it was jock itch. Okay. Rami? He made it seem like he had a heart condition. I mean, I don't know if you can violate HIPAA if he doesn't technically work for us, but it was definitely a violation of trust and privacy. All right. Emailer Dennis agrees with Rami completely. Mm-hmm. And Randy, too. Mm-hmm. He says, dwarf tossing, bear baiting, mocking Randy's jock itch. I don't know which I find the most repugnant. I certainly will never call in if I have to worry about one of you guys scanning my social media and discussing my hemorrhoids or irritable bowel syndrome on the air. Um, that was one of the most tasteless and rude segments I have ever heard. Yes, Phil, apple cider vinegar is a natural, holistic treatment for jock itch and athlete's foot. Google before commenting. That's an honest why would I Dennis. Do that? Dennis, very upset with you. I can see why. <laughs> Alrighty then. But Dennis just spilled a little bit about his own personal life. There, <laughs> like. Are you planning on that going on the show? Because if not, hey, you know what? You upset. you oh. email the show. I didn't give his last name. First of all, just saying. I will. It's no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have no problem if someone's going to email our show and be upset with Phil or Rami or me at sharing the email. Football. <laughs> Speaking of speaking of hand size, you guys know there is an article right now on CBSSports.com. We have so we've done one thing at the combine so far. We have measured quarterbacks' height, weight, hand size, and wingspan. And CBSSports.com has given us winners and losers a full list already. We are what like three hours into NFL Combine festivities. It's going to be what seven days of drills and measurements and interviews, and we already have. A winners and losers list. The notable winner from today? Yeah. Jordan Love, quarterback from Utah State. Welcome to the Combine, Mr. Love. No quarterback won the weigh-in more emphatically than the polarizing prospect from the Mountain West. His hands are gigantic, and at nearly six foot four, two 224 pounds, he has a sturdy frame, 80-inch wingspan, doesn't really translate to better on-field play, but it's impressive nonetheless. Football. Guarantee that dude goes in the top 10 now because of his wingspan. And I, I can also guarantee you now that Joe Burrow has measured with the smallest hands outside of Jake Fromm, who is eight and seven eighths. Kiss that, <laughs> kiss, kiss, kiss that guy goodbye in the first or second I round. I should laugh at him. All Sorry. Right? I'd like to apologize. So Joe Burrow's hand size, two is going to interview well. Yep. Two is going to only get healthier. Yep. I guarantee you we start to see Tua to number one Cincinnati steam at some point here. That's how this works. At this time, you know, like five years that's ago, a great te- point. Teddy Bridgewater was You're the right. number one overall pick right. at this time, like five years ago. And if and if Burrow truly is trying to avoid playing for the Bengals, and this all comes to uh, fruition, which it appears it's he probably, going he probably to. stuck his hand in ice for three weeks just to have smaller just hands. Just shrink it down. <laughs> Bang- oh, look at Sorry, Bengals. Does your hand I've shrink? got these tiny hands now. Prune hands. You never got prune hands when you're like in the bath or the shower for too long? <laughs> Everything shrivels up. Judd is 12. 
I was in the shower. Football. I was in the pool. <laughs> Joe Burrow. <laughs> He's like the Burger King guy now. The small Burger King hands. But I got these tiny hands, man. How am I supposed to eat the Whopper? Throw touchdown passes. Oh, I love that. All right. When we come back, Judd's going to be forced to defend his sport. And we will wrap with Royce. Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North and the Score North app.